Hello there, and welcome back to Chiquita Nicole Speaks. My name is Chiquita Nicole Edwards, and this podcast is where I uplift and empower women to be the best versions of themselves by providing tips and tricks for them to use in their day-to-day lives. Today, we are going to talk about depression and anxiety. And I have a special guest with me today who believes that if you set your intentions every day of how you want your day to go, then you can be in control of how your day goes rather than your day being in control of you. Brittany Dior was born and raised in sunny South Florida and now lives in Atlanta, Georgia. She's an author, book coach and editor, and is an absolute lover of food. She even helped me edit my first published book entitled Restoring Her Temple, Reclaiming Her Name. Let's all formally meet Miss Brittany Dior. Hey, girl. Hey, hey. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So how have you been with everything (laughs) that's been going on? Like, OM to the absolute G. (laughs) Like, what? Okay, so... (laughs) If it's an elephant in a room, whoever is listening to this podcast will definitely figure out what we are talking about. So, <laughs> right. So let's dive right into it. So we all know that there's a lot going on in the world today. We've been dealing mm-hmm. with COVID-19. There have been so many unnecessary police killings of our people. And by our people, I mean black people. Let's just call it what it is. Right. (laughs) And um, we're just going to talk about how that may or may not affect someone. So what do you want to talk about on that? I think with, honestly, like for black people in general, a lot of us are feeling confused. We don't know what to do. I know with my age group, so I'm 32 and when riots and stuff like that was happening before it was in the 60s so i was talking to someone yesterday who said this is a she's like in her 40s and she's like this is the first time i've had to live with this happening in my time this is stuff that we read about in our history books and so now it's happening all over again and we're kind of like what do I do with these feelings because there are feelings of anger mm-hmm. there's feelings of sadness because it's 2020 and regardless of what people want to say the fact that race is still a problem to the point where people are killed like you know white police officers at this point are white people like the man who just shot Aubrey Ahmad <sighs> It's just so <laughs> yeah. He's just running down the street and this guy who's not even a cop just decides to kill him. And so it's like, what do I do with these feelings? Because I'm angry. I'm sad that it's happening, but I'm also afraid, you know, I'm afraid for myself. I'm afraid for all the men that I know, like if they leave their house, we shouldn't have to worry are they gonna come back home right i know like when my fiance when disraeli when he leaves he's he can tell me i'm going down the street like where when we were in dc i'm walking down the street to get some food if he's gone too long i start to panic if i hear police sirens or something (laughs) i start to panic and it's like why do i have to be in a position 
where I feel like this every time somebody leaves the house. Yeah, and, and that goes to show you as well how it's affecting all of us because me and my boyfriend, we go bike riding twice a week, like on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And we went bike riding and I was just like... And I, you know how we're in a, a day and age where we have to wear masks to protect ourselves right. from germs and stuff. So I had I, I had forgotten my other mask. So I just grabbed my bandana real quick and tied it around. I'm like, oh, Lord, you know what I'm saying? And I put on goggles. And I'm like, Lord, I look like a robber. You know, you never know what people might think. And then I have my boyfriend riding. And, and the whole time we're riding, like normally under any other circumstance it would be like whatever because we go at like six at five thirty six o'clock in the morning when it's still like when the, it's still dust it's not even light outside yet and we're riding and my whole time every time i see a car ride by it's just like okay and every time i see um, it's like my my huh, my antennas are like more alert now not that i wasn't alert before but right, it's just but... like what is going on you know it's Listen. like i don't know I just feel like I have to be on guard all the time, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I side with the lady like I'm 36. So, you know, I've never experienced any rioting or being a part of that. And the last thing I remember was like in, in um, Malcolm X's time. And and what I've learned is that Malcolm X movies and documentary has been trending because a lot of this stuff that happened back then with the black panthers and all that it's like we're doing the same thing trying to make a statement and it's just so crazy that we thought after martin luther king did his thing and that things were better but it just it that's not the case that is not the case if anything it's gotten worse because people feel more comfortable yeah um expressing hate which is so unfortunate but there are no consequences for their expression so yeah you can you have the right to hate who you want to hate but when you start using that hate and turning it into violence that's a completely different story and then when there's no consequences for like my earliest memory that i really remember being involved with was when Trayvon Martin yes. got killed mm-hmm. and and just for me for what I remember I'm like this just sets the tone for what's going to continue to happen because right. he got off yeah like how do you take somebody's life and get he off from up, that yeah he just came up with a bogus excuse and they went with it just because they can right and so it's like and but what's crazy is even then uh, my grandmother said, I'm not surprised <laughs> that he get off that he got off. <laughs> I was she's like, I if he wouldn't have gotten off, I would have been surprised. But she's like, you know, these and she says, you know, she's old, she's eighty yeah. <laughs> one. So these white people can do whatever they want to do. And, you know, I remember her telling me about her sister. Um, so this was in if my, I think my mom was born in the 60s. So this had to be in the 60s, late 60s and early 70s, maybe. And her sister, her sister's husband killed her. Like he got mad at her and he strangled her. Whoa. And I asked her what happened to her, like what happened to the husband? And she's like, nothing. Cause he had, he was friends with all the white people. He, and he was a black man, but he just had friends in powerful places right. and got off. <laughs> Yeah, and like that's you unfortunate. You strangled your wife. Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate too because even like I was talking to my boyfriend the other day and I said that it, it 
it just makes me sad when like we're supposed to be unified as a people as a race you know we've been through so much already and and when we we know the power that white people have because of their privilege and for us to try to befriend them in a way where we can get benefits from them because they'll look out for us or we behave like them and forget like do you not realize what you're doing like why are you doing that why are you helping this man hurt your brother or sister like that is not right because if the shoe was on the other foot and you were the one lying on the ground and your brother sitting there allowing the cop the white cop to do what he's doing i mean of course they're gonna be like oh we i got me a black man in in my corner so they feel like it's okay and it is it is not okay i think that now more than ever i mean we've we've always should have been together but now more than ever we need to pull together and like as far as the what do you call it um the protesting Mm-hmm. I don't see anything wrong with protesting because you're just pretty much speaking and saying, you know, this needs to stop, this needs to stop. But the rioting is on a whole other level. It's like protesting with violence. And I don't condone yeah. violence. So that's when it's out of hand because it's almost like, yeah, you're trying to make a point, but you can make a point without the violence because all you're doing is giving them more of a reason to withhold us even more. You know, and it's just so sad. And, and they I, don't need a reason. They don't need a reason because they do it without a reason anyway. So why give them one? Right. I kind of feel the same way. I'm like, I'm not a fan of violence. It's just, it's just not who I am. And it's, it's like, it's such a double-edged sword because on one side, it's like, I understand if that's what you feel like you need to do, I can understand it. It doesn't mean that I agree with it because if I had to make the choice to do it, I would not do it. That's not the route that I would choose. The other thing that I'm so disappointed in about this, um, and you know, I don't care who gets mad about it because it's my feelings. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Is I don't like the, I don't, I don't like what they're doing, the looting part of it, yeah. Um, yeah. because what I've yeah. noticed with some of what I'm seeing is some people are just you're just stealing. You're looking you're using this as an opportunity to steal. Right. To steal. And that's that's a crime. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the other stuff might not necessarily be a crime that you're doing, but stealing personal property and, and people's businesses yeah yeah that i mean i'm like that's wrong to me i'm like that is really wrong and what really breaks my heart about it is every time i read a news article and it's a black business yes and they and somebody posted something that said well if you have a black business and you're your place was robbed or they they vandalized it they destroyed it they took everything then you need to ask yourself what are you not doing in the community to so that people know, oh, this is a black company. I need not go in that. And I was just like, what? what? <laughs> like how? That is so horrible. because you you came into my building, tore it to pieces, 
it's my fault. Right. It's my fault now because I, for whatever reason, the people who did it didn't know that it was black owned. And so now it's my fault that I had no longer have any stuff. And it's so many stories. Some, you know, some black owners are like, whatever, you know, do what you got to do. If, if I have to be collateral damage, I'll be collateral damage. But there are other people that I'm reading and hearing about that are in tears because their businesses are everything they had they invested everything and it's like we can't rebuild the way target can target has the resources to be like fine you you know you we lost a little bit of money but we got tons of targets we'll just build another one we'll recover whatever they can't get in this location they can get online and some black companies they don't have that luxury right Exactly, and, and because you've let your anger just take it away from them and it's like I feel my heart breaks so much for those people yeah and I agree with you on that too like I, I also looked at it as like okay they've always wanted to steal and they've always wanted to do whatever so now they quote unquote have a reason and yeah. they're just blaming it on that but it's it's an unnecessary thing I think we need to remember the point at hand if we if we look at what type of message we're trying to send if we're already being labeled a certain way and treated a certain way when we are not a threat and then we go out and we do these things that make us a threat it's like what are you doing right you know what i'm saying they're a threat yes you know that's why i say i'm not against the protesting i don't see anything wrong with that you're not hurting anyone you're just marching you're making statements you have your posters or whatever but then when you cross that line of tearing down businesses and breaking into places and stealing cars like i saw this video of these people going into a honda i'm like really you gonna steal a car you gonna go to honda like really okay (laughs) honda for real so I'm just the things that I'm seeing it's just it's heartbreaking it's almost like you don't even want to go on social media or read any articles or anything because it's like no matter where you turn like people are inboxing videos I'm tired of it I wish people would stop sending me these horrific videos I don't want to see it it's already bad enough that it's slapping us in the face don't slap me any more than I need to be slapped like put something positive out there if you're gonna send me a message Send me a message worth looking at. I don't want to continue to look at my black men getting beat up and stepped on and and knees on their necks. I don't want to keep looking at that to prove a point. We already know what we've been through. We don't need to keep looking at it. Like, we already know. I mean, and come on now, it's still happening. (laughs) I have (sighs) taking, I'm just, I can't. That's why I've been sad and have anxiety and depressed and stuff because it's, and it, it's like, I understand you have to, for media purposes, you have to put it out because the guy probably wouldn't have been arrested had the video not gotten released. But I know for myself, I make the choice for myself. I'm not, I'm not watching this. And I told one of my friends yesterday, I said, I'm not watching the news and I'm not watching the videos that they put on the internet because all that is doing is putting me in a position where now I'm traumatized Mm -hmm. and I'm depressed and I have anxiety. And if I can't take care of myself, I can't do nothing to help our cause because instead of being doing whatever, getting involved and being active the way that I would want to be active because I'm so 
having PTSD. Right. <laughs> I'm in the corner somewhere. Right, exactly. <laughs> trying to get my life together. And so I'm like, now that I'm getting my mind back together, I, I'm i not looking at this stuff. I, I'm well aware of what's happening. Right. And if I need to look up something, I'll look it up. But I'm just going to be active without watching this because mm-hmm. it just, it keeps breaking my heart. Yep. It keeps breaking my heart. And I don't even mean like, the media is going to post what they want to post like they're they're just going to do it but what i mean is like when you have your friends that follow you that that reshare these videos in your personal message box like don't do that because if i'm trying to avoid it like if i'm trying to save myself the additional heartache from looking at it don't then send me a personal message with the video attached because I don't want to I'm purposely not like now I feel like you're trying to force me to look at it like that Floyd video I promise you I got probably the two sec two to three seconds of that video before I said I can't watch this This is pissing me off too much I gotta walk away for those of you who sat and watched the entire thing good for you because I could not stomach to watch like because it, I, I'm such an empath that I literally can feel yes so it's like when he was down there saying I can't breathe I literally felt like I was suffocating there's no way I can't sit and suffocate I can't do that and you can't be helpful to anyone yeah I can't and so and the fact that someone was recording and no one was doing anything and he did absolutely nothing and you just want to have your knee on his neck like I the things that was going through my head of what I could have should have could have did to that cop there, it wasn't beneficial for me to continue to watch that because I was angry beyond words. Like I think a lot of um, a lot of problem that people are having, and I see it all day. Is everybody wants to tell everybody how to respond? Yeah. They want to tell them what to say. They want to tell them what to do in this situation instead of letting people come to it on their own. And so I struggle with that because I didn't say anything for a while because I'm just like, I don't know what to say. And if I say this, these people might get mad. If I say this, these people might get mad. If I say this, these people might get mad. And somebody told me yesterday, just say what you feel. Right. And if you get it wrong, you get it wrong because, but it's, it's your feelings. your feelings. Can't nobody control your feelings. And when they send, you know, and I, I didn't watch any of the videos because I don't want to see anyone die. That's right. not what I exactly. want to And I just happened and, to stumble upon the video because my right, boyfriend and not was knowing watching, what you were stumbling yeah, well, upon. It's because my boyfriend was watching it and I like he was sitting like with his hands on his face, like looking in awe. And me being the concerned girlfriend is like, what you watching? You know? And so I looked at it and I'm like oh uh-uh, I can't watch this I walked away he, he was in a bad mood for the entire day and I didn't even know it because he internalized what he felt until like the end of the day he was like that video really pissed me off like I don't know how he sat and watched the whole thing I got through two three seconds of it and I, I was like I can't watch this that's freaking ridiculous you know and um it just makes me sick to my stomach it's like why you know what I'm saying and no one who is not black cannot relate to the emotions that we have and for them to try to tell us how we should feel and how you know we're overreacting yeah maybe looting and um rioting is wrong but you can't tell us how to feel right right not tell us how to feel because i you know i've experienced what racism feels like and 
just because my skin is light brown does not mean I'm any less black and that I get any less black treatment (laughs) you know the other um the other thing I believe is as crazy as this may sound um we also can't tell people how to react Mm -hmm. now yes there are right and wrong wrong ways (laughs) to handle a little you know too far reaction like if if you know just really makes me upset and i push him down the stairs okay yeah yeah (laughs) might be too far yeah but i used to tell him like when we would have like disagreements about stuff and my reaction would be my reaction and i was like you can't tell me how to react you can't tell me how to feel if i get in trouble for my reactions i have to deal with the consequences of that but we have and so that's the thing though we have to like we understand that we have to let people be who they're gonna be in this but we can't force what we think they should be on them and so there was this this post about um this the the people everybody's been saying it and it's like yes i can understand i definitely understand why you're saying it where they're like if you are a white business owner and you're white and you're not saying nothing we see you or um, we or somebody went as far as to say if you're a business owner period and you're black and you're this and that you're not saying anything you're being silent i we see you we taking notes and we go cancel you too and i was yeah um and it's just another thing of people telling people how to react and Mm -hmm. and the thing is, it's like you put people in a position to be to be fake because now you've told all of us, black and white, yeah. <laughs> we got to say something because if we don't say something, we're not for the cause. We don't care. And what that does is it makes me make up something to say if I don't have something to say. Now I got to make something up. And any smart person will look right through me and be like, she ain't real. And they ain't wrong. Right. I'm not real because either one, I don't know what to say. So that's why I haven't said anything. Or two, I'm not ready to say anything because I'm processing. So that's why I haven't said anything. But because I don't want to be outcast. (laughs) Yeah. Let me get something together real quick. Yeah. (laughs) So I can. So I don't, you know, people don't think I'm not with it. And it's like, this isn't even real. Yeah. And (laughs) I think that's a ridiculous expectation to put on anyone. Because first and foremost, like we mentioned before, you you can't control nobody but yourself. And to put an expectation on someone to respond the way you would respond, that's expecting someone to be you. And like you said, essentially it's going to make you become fake. I'm not fake at all. If I don't have nothing to say, I'm not going to say it. And just because I'm not saying anything doesn't mean that I don't have an emotion. I may be handling it in a different way that might be a little bit different from yours. But that does not mean that we're not for the cause. Like, are you serious? Like, who are you? to Just like you wouldn't tell want me to tell you, I don't know why you out there looting, you stupid, you this, you that, you the third. Then I don't expect you to come and tell me what I should be doing and how I should respond to how, to my hurt because everyone expresses hurt differently everyone these are heavy emotions like they're not these are not the like little baby emotions where it's like oh somebody called you a name you can kind of like people are it's 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 a heavy emotion because when you look at your skin color you're like dang mm-hmm. my skin color the the thing that i have no control over no matter what i do i'm always be black and it's a very thing that makes me a threat mm-hmm. that's so heavy to process for people who don't know how to process Some, i talked to i talked to somebody not too long ago and they told me that if somebody 
they're sure that they've been in situations where people have um, maybe looked at them and thought to themselves, oh, it's a black person coming, you know, wanted to react in a certain way. But they also said they couldn't remember when somebody actually like out front was racist, where they were able to walk away from the situation and be like, that person was actually discriminating. And a lot of people I know that are just grown ups or whether they're in college or not, some of them didn't really experience racism until they became an adult. Right. And that's when that's when they were able to recognize, oh wait, this is a racist thing happening. So it's new for some people. Like they know this stuff has been happening, but until it happens to them yeah. personally, yep. it's, it's so it's new. And then you gotta process all of that. Like, yes, we are tired we of this happening. We are exhausted and all of this stuff. And we have all of these emotions, but we have to give ourselves and other people the opportunity to process so that they can move however they're gonna move we gotta do we because we owe that to ourselves and i agree i definitely agree and and you know i was at church on sunday and um i go to um judah central church Mm -hmm. and bishop clint brown is the pastor there and he said something that was just like wow and it stuck with me from that day because it's like we look like you were saying we look at our skin and we're like man like that's all it takes is because my hair looks like this my skin looks like this that i'm gonna be mistreated or singled out or questioned but the thing of it is if you put a black man and a white man next to each other and you cut them in the same spot on their left arm and they bleed guess what color that blood is it's still red it's still red so at the end of the day our organs all have the same color our blood all has the same color so with that being said what is shown on the outside is absolutely irrelevant it is absolutely irrelevant i mean you have people who um are black that have a different background a different upbringing their culture is different you have people in africa jamaica um virgin islands united states we're all black but we have different cultures different backgrounds different ways that we grew up that doesn't make us any less black or any more black just like you have white people who grow up in different areas of the world who have different cultures so we differ in our culture and our upbringing but we're still human nonetheless and the fact that we're judged because of how our skin color looks or how full our nose is or how full our lips are or how kinky our hair texture is and i love my kinky hair if i must throw that out there boom yeah so i just it's just frustrating it's really frustrating and it's almost as if they're trying to condition us to be like them we just talked about how it's not right for us to tell one another how we're supposed to respond and how we're supposed to allow our express our depression and anxiety because we have a lot of it right now so if we're not in control of how someone else feels and how they express their feelings who are you to tell me how i'm supposed to do my hair because your hair looks this way i have to straighten my hair because your hair is straight i have to do put all these chemicals in my hair to try to look like you or or change how i dress or dummy down my culture to to match yours no this is who i am this is who god created me to be so this is how i am going to be whether you like it or not 
Because if all of us were the same, this would be a boring, boring world. I promise you, I don't want to see 50 of me walking down the street. Another me. I don't want to see. I, looking like my mama is enough. Right. That part. Like, looking like my mom is enough. Girl, you look just like your mama. Can I just look like me? That's enough. That's enough. So, I uploaded a picture yesterday, and she's like, you look just like your mom." Yes, mother, I know. I look just like you. Yep, yep. This is enough. And people will stare at you and be like, oh, my gosh, you, you, your mannerisms are just like... But it it just, I hate that. And because we have more of an athletic build, we're taller, we're stronger, you know, they, that's not something we can help. But everything different about us is the threat. Right, exactly. It's unfortunate. It is. It is unfortunate. It's unfortunate that these are conversations my grandmother had to have with my mom these are conversations my mother had to have with me these are things that i learned about when i was in college but these are also conversations that my sister has to have with my nephew Mm -hmm. my friends have to have with their kids fasten those seatbelts because we will be right back When I have children, more than likely, these are conversations I'm going to have to have with them. Yeah, and it's just, yeah. It's like, when will it end? Exactly. And my, I have two boys. Two boys. Two and, boys, yeah. And my oldest is 16. Well, he'll be 16 in a couple months or in another month. And my youngest is 10. And when they see things, they have questions like, Mommy, why do they treat us like this? What do we do so wrong? Like, why do we have to... Um, condition ourselves like you don't understand how frustrating it is like you say it breaks your heart when you see a lot of things this what I'm about to say really and truly breaks my heart why is it that when the white man gets pulled over and asks for his license and he reaches for it or he could even reach for something in the back seat and it's not a threat but my black man can get pulled over and already have his license in his hand with his hand on the steering wheel and he's still a threat why is it that we have to teach our sons that if you ever get pulled over that you comply with everything that officer has to say you put your hand on the steering wheel you don't reach for nothing you don't turn you don't make any sudden movements so that they don't consider you a threat like are you serious why why is it like that teach me how to act around white people when I was a kid yeah it's like it's a whole separate conversation like nobody has to teach white people how to behave around black people mm-hmm. but and they're not gonna to adjust calm. it either they're not gonna adjust their behavior for us if anything no. they rub it in our faces the one thing that I can say I am I, I I just hope and I pray that the stuff that's happening now, the fighting back and like they're doing now this Tuesday blackout thing. Um, I really hope that something shifts somewhere, even if it's because it takes a small change in yeah. order for bigger changes to happen. And right. so I'm really praying that with this stuff, because I know that there are a lot of people that are doing behind the scenes work that are not out there rioting, that are not out there you know, doing uh, protesting because that's just not how they move. That's not their ministry. Right. And so I'm hoping that something as crazy as this year has been, that something shifts because if it doesn't shift, 
it's just going to continue. And um, I read something that the, I, I hope I don't quote this wrong, the Montgomery boycott, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. took 369 days. I think that's what I read. That it took 300, they boycotted for 369 days before um, a change was made. I remember hear, learning about that in history about the Montgomery boycott. I didn't remember how long they did it for, but I do remember it was a long time, but it's just like, I mean, as unfortunate as this thought in my mind feels and sounds, I believe that it's going to take the white man to let another white man know that what they're doing is wrong. for a change to start somewhere because even 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 back in the day like I was watching um the Malcolm X documentary in the movie and um my boyfriend brought to my attention he was like you know it was like I think he said like five or six assassinations in the 60s and he started naming them off he's like Martin Luther King um um uh, Malcolm X and then he said you know John F. Kennedy and it was another Kennedy and I was like well what do they have against the Kennedys and he was like because they like to help black people and isn't that horrible it has to be if that you know with that being the case it, it has to be a white person in power like with some type of influence it can't be my neighbor can't say okay i'm about to go online right <laughs> everybody to stop yeah yeah unfortunately it, because nobody's gonna listen to him like right. like really who are you <laughs> it can start with because with us being leaders and with us being um people of influence who we influence that's where we start yeah. we start with the people that we influence right. and then we let the trickle effect happen right and i think we definitely need to pull together more we need to pull together more instead of you know finding reason to fault one another i think rather than doing that we need to find reason to help one another right. and uplift one another and just help people get out of this rut like find out how everyone's feeling we all know that this is a very hard time for us like the amount of deaths that are happening by the hands of police how often how frequent how consecutive the time is it's like we really have to really check on each other and because you never know like some me and you are talking about it right now but somebody else might be balled up in the corner like really having a hard time because i know that there are some people out there where this hits home more to, more so to them than it does us because they lost family members like i saw a protest with the lady she was like she looked i think she was like 70 some 80 years old with her walker out there protesting saying that we need to do better. They need to take their hands off our necks. And, and she was just going at it. And she, I mean, she could barely like speak, but she was out there saying, she said, this was per- it was personal for her. Cause she lost, I mean, at that age, you can imagine. What she's been through and yeah, what she's seen. And what she's seen. And the fact that this, she was out there on her walker. Yeah. 
And for her, this is definitely history repeating itself because yeah. she's already lived through the first round of these. Mm-hmm. And I would and just it, like, wow. I, I, um, in addition to checking in on people, on our friends, mm-hmm. um, because I checked in on one of my friends yesterday and she was like, I don't know. She said, I literally couldn't handle it. So I took a nap all day. And she's like, I think I'll just sleep until Wednesday when my next appointment is. And so, but what I, what I like, what I like, and I want to see more of is the people who are not protesting is them putting out more options for people who, who aren't protesting because you know, we got jobs to go to. So it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go to work today. So I'm not going to go out there with anyone. And then, but then they have these, I think they're called the bailout, um, where the bailout funds, where in all these different places, you can call this number or you can go online and you can donate money to bail out people who are being arrested that you, that shouldn't be able to be arrested. That's right. Mm -hmm. That are being arrested wrongfully. And, I think that that is a really good option because instead of somebody saying, oh, you're not protesting, you're not with it. And it's like, no, I'm not out there protesting, but I did give my money to help some people who may be affected by this because we're all going to act in different ways. And instead of beating people down for not acting the way we want them to act, we got to give them another option and say, well, okay, so you're not going to do this then you can do this if this is what you're right that way they don't feel like we're excluding ourselves from it right and when you tell like if you can i can't imagine what somebody who say is is unable to protest because if you have young kids it's like i can't leave my babies to go protest i would love to be out there or something but i can't leave my kids and now you're gonna make me feel like trash because i have to put my children first who will take care of them while i'm out there in the street i don't have anyone but me right and, and that's just on top of everything going on, making a person feel worse because they're not doing something. That's just adding to the mental health problems that they're already dealing with. Right. Exactly. And this is just really rough. Like when I think about, like you were saying, mental health and the thing like this is just so crazy. Like I I keep taking all these deep breaths because I just I can't seem to wrap my mind around. It's like. Okay, we're already stressed out because a lot of us, I mean, have been stressed out because we've been locked in for a good amount of time. And some people are stressed out because they've lost loved ones to the COVID-19. Some people have gotten it and they've survived it, but it's one of those stressful things because you just don't know. And then, whoa, as soon as they lift a little bit and give us a little bit of rope that we can go out and go shop and go whatever then you have this man who decides he just want to pin this man to the ground got somebody behind him holding his feet and a cop on his neck he ain't going nowhere and he's telling this man i can't breathe and he's telling him to shut up like so if if we weren't already like we're already dealing with the mental stress of the illness and how it's impacted our businesses, our income, our our livelihoods, our health, our family. Like I had to become a teacher for the past couple months. I mean, I did a good job. My kids performed better being being that I was their teacher 
you know, and helping them bring their grades up. But that was that was a lot trying to trying to be a homeschool teacher and still do my work and fill orders and and I was a full time teacher, so I know the struggle. Yes, <laughs> yeah. People who are not teachers trying to be teachers, right? <laughs> and thankfully, you know, my youngest son, his teacher was very. Um, helpful, you know, like times where I was just really busy and I'm like, baby, call your teacher and see if she can tutor you or something. But just those stresses, right? And then you got this on top of that. It's like if things can't get no worse, you know, how are we to begin to get better? How are we to begin to heal? How are we to begin to release our emotion? Like this is a lot of pent up emotion from being locked in people are absolutely going crazy right now and it's just one of those things it's like man the only thing i'm a faithful person so i believe excuse me in the power of unity the power of prayer the power of positive thinking and i think that goes a long way like i was telling you before we got on this call that fred hammond and kirk franklin got on instagram the other day and they just flooded it with a bunch of uplift girl I was on a complete high <laughs> like just jamming the whole time I love them both I, and every single song they played I knew it because <laughs> I sing in church myself so I grew up in the church so you know I'm always singing and I was absolutely jamming and they were giving you know um um T.D. Jakes opened it up you know with a few positive words and in between each song they were just uplifting people and um, the guy who you mentioned, who he, he just got shot for no reason, just walking. And his mom, Kirk Franklin, called his mom on there and and just told her, yeah, and told him that her that, you know, we were thinking about her and things like that. Like, that's the type of stuff that we need. We need the positive energy. Like, it's so easy to be negative. It is so easy to be negative. But if we just pull together and and unify ourselves more than we have in the past and and unify ourselves in a positive way not not in a negative way you know right. i don't consider protesting negative at all i don't yes. i really don't like like you were saying if i had the time and i wasn't work like my my business is all i have so i have to put in work i'm a, i'm a full-time entrepreneur so what I do, you don't work, you don't eat. I don't work, I don't eat. Like legit, like it's not like I could take a day off from work and I'm gonna get some money. It don't work like that. You know, I'm building myself to that, but I haven't arrived yet. <laughs> so I just, I'm just hoping that that we can find a way as a people. And when I say people, I mean black people, because I'm gonna call it like it is. <laughs> that we just unify ourselves and just come together and love on each other because essentially that's what we need that is what we need especially in these times like things are not getting better they're getting worse and we need and i think it's up to us to figure out how we're gonna make things better we can't control what the white man does we can't but what, what we can we, control what we do we can only control what we do and our response to what they do Right. So, and I think I, I see a lot of good ideas out about um, 
even just the exchange of money, like there's so many black businesses and they're like, if you keep this money into the black community, it it can go a long way. Right. It'll speak volumes because they do hear money. They, when money start going missing, then it's like, okay, wait, we, we hear that. Right. Oh yeah. Um, Oh yeah. If you want to get them, get them with that money. I think if we definitely took that part serious as well, like just as serious about spending our money in our own community, mm-hmm. then we could we could really make a difference that way um, as well. Because yeah. there are there are a lot of options, and some of them is we just have to take the time to figure out what to do, and we have to start. Like it just takes one person to start something. It to does. be honest, right? It and it. My friend, you know, one of my girlfriends told me, well, I when it came to like sanitary sanit, sanitary napkins, she's mm-hmm. like, well, I only buy this company now because one, I really like them, but also because they are a black company. Oh, spill the so, beans. I want to know because the I, Honey Pot Company. Seriously, Honey yeah. Pot? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, we support so she's like, honey. I only buy. So I was like, so all she had to do was tell me that. And right. I was like, for real, girl, let me go get some stuff. Yeah, let me go Honey Pot. I just, I just we get you. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Because I'm so, I'm so <laughs> all for black businesses just, right now. I was looking for, um, and these are black companies within major stores. And I was looking for a hair product the other day, but I ended up not getting, um, the one by the black company because it just didn't work well for my hair so I was like you know I can't do anything about that it don't work well but what I can say is when I was looking for the product I would and it was a new product I'm I'm looking on the back of it like who is this by let me look up who who this is by because if it's by a black person then I'm really go buy it right but it ended up buy like a regular um company that just makes a whole bunch of different stuff that we buy Mm -hmm. but i now because i know that people tell me this and i know that a lot there are a lot of other like options it is a thought in my mind like can i first find the one that's made by a black company that i like for if i can that's what i'll get over the other one but and i'll only buy the other one if i can't find what i'm looking for in the right and that's where i was with one outside if i got no option right right and i and i was the same way with my locks like i'm very particular with what i use i don't like to use too much because i don't it's very easy for products to get built up in your locks and i like my locks to be clean and fresh all the time and so I was looking for a really good product. I know in the stores, those products have a lot of buildups. So I had went online and I found this company called Dolly Locks. I was like, oh man, this is a really good company. And my friend had told me about it. Girl, it's a it's a white-owned company with dread. They have dreadlocks, you know. And But I happened to be, um, one of my friends went to get her her locks started her um baby locks or not baby locks um micro locks done and she told me about the lady who did i was like oh my gosh she did an amazing job girl i met that lady at the mall in altamont mall black lady she makes all of her hair products herself and guess who i started buying it from from her and i must shout her out miss rita's organics yes ma'am Rita's Organics hair products are legit and they're all natural and they and no she didn't pay me to advertise but that's just how I feel about my people <laughs> <You love it. laughs> I feel like that about my people and so I said sorry Dolly Locks 
I won't be buying from you no more. I have right, to support. Because I have, I have to, no black option. I have to support my sister now. So, yeah, she um, she's awesome. My business coach was telling us yesterday, and she's a black woman, and she has a really successful business. Um, and she told us, she said, you know, she's like, I'm not the one to go out and protest and be screaming all this stuff from the top of my lungs because she's like, that's not who I am, and I'm not going to pretend to be someone right. else. But she said and tell you is my business is how I am active in the community because my business teaches other black people it gives other black people options it yes. teaches me with her being my business my business coach she teaches me what I don't know about running my business so that I can help other, other people, people do yep. the things that they want to do yep and I have a black business coach too and and it's I'm just like, okay, this person is legit. They know they stuff, you right. know? And if it's going to help me prosper and then I can in turn mentor oh, someone else. else. And right now I'm mentoring someone else. She happens to be my cousin, but she was just like, oh my gosh, like I'm so inspired by what you do. And I'm like, I've learned so much. I'm willing to share it and help someone else and mentor her. So, I mean, the <laughs> as many people as you can mentor that looks like me and you, the better many people I can provide the opportunity to like this this is how I'm I'm giving my black community an option mm -hmm. like I am, I'm, I'm black black business owner so if you're looking for a person in this business I'm an option you right. can keep our money in our circle yep exactly and I, I think that's what we should do I think that we should push for that more and more and um like what we talk about on this talked about on this podcast episode today is just is, is really and truly amazing and I think we really should like think about this stuff like we don't have to go tit for tat with with them we really don't we can we're already elevated with like why else would someone be that intimidated and that threatened by our presence that just goes to show you how much power we reach truly have and the best way to showcase that power is to be methodical and logical about it like move in strides and be smart come together and work together as a people like that's the best way that we can get them off of right. us you know what i'm saying so you know what Brittany? i just really really appreciate you for coming on today like this Thank was you. a yeah this was a great discussion and i think it needed to happen and i think after hearing this whoever listens to this podcast that they won't be able to say that we aren't involved and we're not on board because we just really went in on how we felt about everything I like I know I did I didn't hold back at all normally I try to like pacify things that I want to say but I was like shoot I'm not doing that no more no one has they're not pacifying how they treating us and what they're saying so why do I need to pa uh, pacify what I say on my podcast episode it's mine 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 <laughs> Listen, I just, I got to the point where I was like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm not going to do. And I don't have to prove that to the next person so that they could feel good. Right. I'm going to just do what I'm going to do. Right. It's, I don't need your validation. <laughs> I'm going to move. I'm going to be active in the way that I'm called to be active. Exactly. And, you know, I can sleep at night mm -hmm. when I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And it's more authentic that way. I mean, you can't, yes. you can't really and truly and 100% be anyone else but you anyway. So why would I go out here acting fake? 
I'm not one. If I'm not jumping around dancing and trying to make people laugh, that's 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 not me. Cause me, I like to be happy. I like to be on ten with energy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but um, tell us a little bit about your business. You know, I I know I mentioned earlier in the intro that you know you're you're an author, you're a book editor, and you're a book coach. So let us know about that so we can pour into your business, Miss Black Beautiful Queen. Go ahead. Thank you. So- <laughs> <laughs> so I currently have three published books, um, Free to Have and Pieces of My Heart are my two novels. I have a devotion, a 30-day devotion about embracing singleness. And then I have my fourth published book coming out called Freedom. It is the, so Free to Have and Freedom are a series of books and Freedom is the second book to that series. So it'll be out before the end of the year. That's nice. that's all I know at this point is it's not going into 2021. Oh, <laughs> I know that's right. I'm definitely going to get one. Final stages. So that's awesome. Um, And then, you know, I'm a book coach. So I spend most of my days talking to people about the books that they want to write and seeing how I can help them get from start to finish. And then as an editor, you know, you thank you for telling people that I edited your book. I did. Um, But that's the other part of what I do is I spend my days editing when I'm not coaching. So that's really, that's me. Yeah, thank you. So, so not, uh, not complicated. No. <laughs> Just that's what I'm good at. Words. Yes. <laughs> so that's what I'm good with. And I think it showed in this podcast that you're good with words, like the way we expressed ourselves and stuff like that. Like, you know like when you say you know you have to do what you're called to do I make mm-hmm. just because you're good at something doesn't mean you're called to do it because I'm good at editing but am I called to edit people's books <laughs> no ma'am like we we figured that out together didn't we yes that is not my calling because my patience is like mm-mm. so um I can edit my book and then get help but editing others people yeah I don't know how I got called to this I have no idea but I can tell you when I do it and it's intimidating because it's other people's work Mm -hmm. um but when I do it I'm just like I love it and then I don't know why I love it (laughs) so that means that's what you're supposed to do So, I mean, that's like me with my fitness coaching. It's like, you know, it can be intimidating because you're dealing with other people, other people's livelihood and, and their goals and their body composition and stuff like that. So right. it's, it's one of those things like you want to make sure that, you know, they get the goal that they're trying to reach, you know. So that's um very good. But if you don't mind... Um, go ahead and share with us how you can be contacted if someone wanted to reach out to you to get their book edited or they wanted some book coaching or whatever like that. And then I'll make sure that um, I put the information inside the caption. So how can how can everyone reach you? So you can visit my email. No, don't you, you can't because you don't visit email. <laughs> <laughs> We know what you mean. We know what you mean. <laughs> Me to say something crazy like that. <laughs> you can go to my website, which is www.brittdior.com, or you can send <laughs> me an email at hello at brittdior.com. Uh, those are the quickest ways to get in contact with me, whether you send me an email or if you visit my website, it has an about me 
not about me. A contact me, so you can just send me an email through there. But if you wanted to find me on social media, my handles are Brit Dior Wright. I think it's Miss Brit Dior Wright. So whatever it is, I'm going <laughs> to send it to you oh. so you can put the correct one in. Oh, no problem. I'll definitely <laughs> make sure it's um, in there. So sorry, guys. I, can't, I couldn't remember what my Instagram handle was. It's okay. So, I'll just tell her so she can type the right one in there because I don't want. I just I changed it about two years ago. And oh, okay. You, I think I just added the miss to it. I think it used to be Brit. I don't want anybody to say she said Brit. You are right. It's not valid. <laughs> I know she gave us the wrong deets. <laughs> we can't trust her. Who is she? We can't trust her. <laughs> Well, that is quite all right. We'll make sure we have the right thing um, in the caption and they can just click on it and call it a day. But thank you so, so much again for coming and sharing your insight on how people are potentially dealing with depression and anxiety with the the way that the world is turning right now with COVID-19 and, and just the amount of police brutality unnecessarily um, in this world. So I really, really thank you for that. And I hope and pray that whoever listened to this podcast learned something and found value in it. Because guess what? Until next time, Chiquita Nicole speaks and Miss Brit Dior is out. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>